Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for July 22nd, 2021. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. We pray to you, O Lord, you hear us in the morning. At sunrise, we offer our prayer and wait for your answer. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. O Lord, our God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you have poured out your grace upon us and claimed us as your beloved people. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to love and serve you always and to love and serve one another. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 36 and 147, verses 12 through 20. 1 Samuel 28, through verses 3 through 20. Acts 15, 1 through 11. And Mark 5, 1 through 20. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 36. Transgression speaks to the wicked, deep in their hearts. There is no fear of God before their eyes, for they flatter themselves in their own eyes that their iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of their mouths are mischief and deceit. They have ceased to act wisely and do good. They plot mischief while on their beds. They are set on a way that is not good. They do not reject evil. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God! All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your salvation to the upright of heart. Do not let the foot of the arrogant tread on me, or the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers lie prostrate. prostrate. They are thrust down, unable to rise. Psalm 147, verses 12 through 20. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For God strengthens the bars of your gates. God blesses your children within you. God grants peace within your borders. God fills you with the finest of wheat. God sends out God's command to the earth. God's word runs swiftly. God gives snow like wool. God scatters frost like ashes. God hurls down hail like crumbs. Who can stand before God's cold? God sends out God's word and melts them. God makes his wind blow and the waters flow. God declares God's word to Jacob, God's statutes and ordinances to Israel. God has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know God's ordinances. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 28, verses 3 through 20. Now, Samuel had died. And all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. Saul had expelled the mediums and the wizards from the land. 
the Philistines assembled and came and encamped at Shunem. Saul gathered all Israel, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, not by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, so that I may go to her and inquire of her. His servant said to him, There is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes and went there, he and two men with him. They came to the woman by night, and he said, Consult a spirit for me, and, and bring up for me the one whom I name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know that Saul, what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the wizards from the land. Why then are you laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? He answered, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Have no fear. What do you see? The woman said to Saul, I see a divine being come up out of the ground. He said to her, What is his appearance? She said, An old man is coming up. He is wrapped in a robe. So Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and did obeisance. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answered me no more, either by prophets or by dreams, so I have summoned you to tell me what I should do. Samuel said, Why then did you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you just as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek, therefore the Lord has done this thing to you today. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel along with you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. Acts 15, 1-11 Then certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension or, and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to discuss this question with the apostles and the elders. So they were sent on their way by the church, and as they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, they reported the conversation of conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the believers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. 
But some believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and said, It is necessary for them to be circumcised and ordered to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, My brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message of the good news and become believers. And God, who knows the human heart, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as they will. And from Mark 15, 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with, with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him by any more, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wretched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now there on the hillside a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirit begged him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swineherds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might come be with them. But Jesus refused, and he said to him, Go home to your friends, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and what mercy has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, Saul is in a bind. He is facing off against a very large Philistine army, and he does not know what to do. He tries to consult God, and God does not speak to him. Uh, He does not speak through a dream or um, through the umim and thumim. He doesn't speak or God does not speak through 
a prophet, nothing. God is silent. So Saul goes and finds a medium, a, uh, a fortune teller, right? Uh, um, a witch in Endor. And she draws up for him Samuel, who scolds him and says, why are you doing this? Why are you talking to me? He says, well, because I don't know what to do. God won't talk to me. And Samuel says, no, God won't talk to you because God has already chosen. This is not new news, right? God has already chosen David, your neighbor, to be the king. It's your pride and your arrogance and your, the fact that you were not able to do what God wanted you to do. This is all on you, bud, right? There's, there shouldn't be a surprise here that God's not speaking to you. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to lose. You're going to face up against the Philistines. You and your sons, they're going to join me in the place of the, of the dead, right? You are going to die. That's where this is going. And there's, you have set this course. Here it is. So Saul falls down on his face, and he is now in this sort of deep depression. Again, this sort of like manic uh, episode. And he has no strength because he hasn't eaten at all, at all, but also because he has this news. He knows that he is going to die at the end of this battle. No matter what happens, he knows the outcome of this battle. Um, this is the, the, the chickens have come home to roost for his kingdom. Then we have in Acts, Paul and Barnabas have gotten back from their first missionary journey, and there are some of the folks from the Jewish tradition who are coming around and telling all of the Gentile believers that they have to be circumcised in order to have salvation, that they need to follow the law of God, that they need to become Jewish so that they can be saved by the Jewish Messiah. Well, after (laughs) not a small amount of argument from Paul and Barnabas, they all traipse down to Jerusalem to see you know, we, we need to figure this out. There, this thing has been broiling for a while, right? Um, Paul and Peter actually have gone around and have been blessing and, and, and giving the gospel to Gentiles and not telling them that they need to follow all of the law, that they have to be circumcised, any of those things, just that they have to believe and they, they have to become baptized. Well, there are others who are very committed to this tradition and say, no, no, they have to follow all of these different things. James, uh, the brother of Jesus, is one of those kind of chief uh, voices for that particular thing, but also the Pharisees, those who in their like Jewishness have really held tight to the um, to following the law. They're continuing that in their now, what we would call a Christian faith, they would just see, we know who the Messiah is, but that does not mean that all of this goes away. Um, so it's tradition versus um, sort of this more free movement. So they come together and they're starting to ask this question, well, what do we need to do here? We need to make a decision. So they call together the apostles, they call together the elders, they call these people together and they hear about the things that that. Paul and Barnabas have been doing. Everybody's praising God because the Gentiles have this grace. And Peter gets up and, and recounts the experience that he has had with the, the sheet that came down, 
with um, going to Cornelius's house, how he preached, and how the Holy Spirit was poured out, not because Peter had asked about it, but just because the Holy Spirit was moving and filled these Gentiles, these Roman citizens, these Roman people with the Holy Spirit. Peter and uh, Paul and Barnabas are telling about the Holy Spirit at work in all of these churches that they're going to. And so there's this trying to figure out, okay, well, what do we need to do? We end our reading for today with Peter saying, listen, it's not fair for us to impose this um, standard on the Gentile people because, frankly, we have not been able to live up to it. Throughout our entire history, our whole scripture is full of people who don't live up to the standards that God has given for us. We ourselves, individually, we have not held up to this. We believe that we have grace, not because of what we have done, not because of our, our righteousness or our works, but because Jesus Christ has paid for our sins, and Jesus Christ gives us forgiveness from those sins. So if we're forgiven by grace, so are they. It doesn't matter if they become circumcised. It doesn't matter if they follow the law. They, too, are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, just as we are. So that's the argument. And we'll continue to hear this discussion in this Council of Jerusalem. Then we have from Mark's Gospel, Jesus and the disciples, they go across the lake, and there they encounter the uh, demoniac, right? This, This man who is possessed by so many evil spirits that he says he is legion, he is many. He has been tried, the the country people, the people around him have tried to restrain him, and ultimately they push him out. He is strange, they don't know what to do with him, and so they just try to avoid him as much as possible. Um, First, they try to restrain him. When that doesn't work, they try to just exile him to, he's sitting in the tombs. Jesus says, get out of him. And these demons ask that they not just be sent away or maybe back to wherever they came from, right? But they ask that they be sent into these swine, these pigs, and then they can go out, you know, kind of in a blaze of glory. And so Jesus grants it. They go into this herd of swine and the swine all run into the river or into the lake and they drowned. Well, the townspeople are not very happy with this because this whole herd of swine has now died. Um, that's, you know, bacon prices are going to go way up now because supply is way down. And Jesus is too disruptive. Jesus is too scary, too different, is doing things that they don't know what to do with. They see this man who they had been ostracizing, they had been trying to restrain, and he's in his right mind, he's clothed, he's being normal. We have now the opposite of the crowd that we saw in in Judea, right? Where this crowd came around Jesus and and would not leave him alone. This crowd now in in this area comes to Jesus and says, we don't want you. Go away, please. Well, this poor man who has now been relieved of um, these demons says, can I go with you? Can I be your disciple? And he says, no, stay here. Go and tell people about what you have done. Again, a complete reversal to what was going on in in Judea. He told people there, don't tell anyone what is happening here. 
Here Jesus is now saying to this particular man, no, you go and tell people what has happened. Soften up these people, get them ready for the gospel for when Paul or whoever comes to, to proclaim the gospel, they'll be ready for it. And so he goes back to the Decapolis, the, the, the city square, and proclaims loudly the grace of God. This is a glimpse into this sort of future trajectory that this gospel is not just for the Jewish people, it is for all people. Um, and very interesting that there's so many reverses with this community, with what Jesus, how Jesus deals with them. Jesus deals with us all, with communities, with, with us as individuals, the way that we need to be dealt with, right? Um, some people need uh, sort of more straightforward messages. Some people have some more subtlety, that sort of thing. But Christ works in and through us the way we are, the way we're geared, the way we work. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. All right, let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we rejoice this morning in the gift of life which we have received by your grace and the new life you give in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for ministries of compassion, witness, and service. Those who make and grow the things we need. Strength and ability is to serve you this day. Indications of your love at work in the world. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? God of grace, we offer our prayers for the needs of others and commit ourselves to serve them even as you have served us in Jesus Christ. Especially we pray for the church in Africa. The conservation of the soil, water, and air. those closest to us in this community. Friends and relatives who are far away. All who care for others in body, mind, and spirit. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Marianne, a friend of Bill's with some dizziness. For Kathy, a friend of Jan Ann's who has a broken tibia. For Margaret, who is undergoing antibiotics treatment for an infection in her jawbone. For 
Robin, a friend of the Garlands and the Wises, is recovering from a serious stroke. For Brad, a friend of the Wises, recovering from brain surgery. Prayers also for his wife, Ashley, and son, Anthony. Prayers for Sophia as she is applying for jobs. We pray for Frankie, Rose, Freddie, and Ashley. For Mike, a friend of Cheryl's, who's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. For friend of Amy's, Fran, who has sudden hearing loss. And for Renna, another friend of Amy's, who has breast cancer. We also pray for Debbie, who is continuing to recover from hip replacement, but has fallen and may have broken a rib. God of our salvation, as the light of morning dawns, heaven and earth, sing your praise. Cause us to live and grow in faith so that we may bear good fruit for the glory of your holy realm. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us continue praying using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now may we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of Presbyterian Church USA, 2018 edition. Our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you. Have a blessed day. See you next time. Bye.